This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Street Signs, you're on the air. What do you feel when you hear a record like Tupac's new one? I love Tupac's new record. Right, but don't you feel like that creates uh, tension between East and West? He's talking about killing people. I had sex with your wife and not in those words. But he's talking I about, I want to see you deceased. No doubt. To live and die in L.A. California. No matter what yeah. you say about Los Angeles, still the only place for me that never raises us. To live and die in L.A. Where every day we try to fatten our pockets. Us niggas hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock. Everybody got their own thing coming. See, chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury niggas close to home. Or was a friend that would ghost in the dark? Cold part about it. Nigga got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson. Court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargaining the option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night, down sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a nigga? Got me lost in hell to live and die in the lake. On bells, my angels. Issa bust out singing this shit on this episode. I cried. It was several moments on this episode where I laughed really hard, dog. It's real Curb Your Enthusiasm-ish. Yo. I, black Curb. Like the... Awkward black girl. Fam. So she, at least episode one, this felt more like awkward black girl than I felt in a long time. Like, granted, Insecure has been great. I think last season, arguably the best season of the five. So far, we don't know what season five going to turn into, but this episode kind of felt like on some back to the essence shit, which is funny because that's what the es- the episode was about. Going back to the episode, um, or I'm sorry, to the essence of the friendships, the relationships that they developed. Did Lawrence go to college with them? I don't know. I don't I'm like, think so. I, like, I feel like I need to rewind one more time on season one. Because I'm like, uh, where was my dog at? He wasn't invited. Was he not their class? Maybe. I don't know, nigga. I don't think, they, I don't think he went there. I'm going to figure that out. But, um, yo, man, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 189 of This Week in Culture. I am your host, Ann Wood. This is your host, Jay Johnson. We are back. <sighs> Insecure. We back. Season 5, episode 1, man. Shout out. What's up, Issa? Issa, what up, man? I feel like, um, you know, for the work we done did... From the internet to the podcast, we should have caught an invite to some of the events y'all was having. Well, how about this? We're going to throw an event for the finale episode. Facts. Which happens on December 26th. Yeah, we're promoting the hell out of it. Um, and I need HBO and Issa to get behind it. Issa, I want you to show up. Issa, I want you to pull up to the D, man. Or, yes, Issa, pull up to the D. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> And that's where we lost you, sir. <laughs> sorry, right dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> but on uh, FaceTime, you know what I'm saying? Zoom. I mean, you know something, saying? dog. Like, Teams? hit us up. Because real talk, man, no bullshit. I feel like it's two things that should acknowledge the work you and I have done. And it's power and insecure, dog. Yeah. If no other outlet or show or entertainment piece ever acknowledges me and you, 
Power and Insecure owe us some fucking something, nigga. Like Lovecraft really do too, though. What? Well, okay. <laughs> All mean, right. Let's, no, 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 let's no, 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 like no, no. Lovecraft. Because what we did with Lovecraft should be in the Smithsonian, nigga. You we went, we went crazy, but because they didn't get a season two, I feel like Misha Green gonna be like, yeah, fuck y'all, nigga. The Podsmonian. <laughs> I'm making a fucking podcast museum. You heard Yo. it here first. Yo. <laughs> That's the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they gonna do to us yeah. when they <laughs> hear our name. fucking. <laughs> yo, this is the uh, yo. But no, real talk. Uh, Issa and Courtney slash fifty say our name. Nigga, <laughs> like say my name. Say my no, name. No, we didn't did a lot of work, man. But uh, insecure is back. Yo, man, for sure. Shout out to them. Uh, what's the showrunner name? Oh boy, uh, Prentice Penny. Prentice. Yeah. Shout out to you, my nigga. Um, like, and I mean my nigga, like, in the most loving yeah, yeah, my nigga. way possible. But stop fucking playing with me, dog. <laughs> that shit about the kid. Yeah. Stop fucking playing with me, Yo, dog. I didn't like his tone in that either. Like, stop playing with me, no, man. No, no. Because before we get into this shit, Princess Penny was answering some questions on Instagram. It's, and one of them questions was uh, like, is that Derek's baby? The exact question was, hang on. I'm pulling up right the fuck now because I don't like Princess Penny tone because the way he said it was like, we have no reason to be thinking this shit. All right. So the exact question was, when will y'all confirm that it isn't Derek's baby? And Prentice responded to that question because he said, ask me anything about any season of Insecure. So his response was, it is Derek's baby. Why do y'all think it's not? It's his my nigga, y'all literally indicated. Yeah, stop playing with me, though. Y'all indicated, though. You ever smoke weed? They got indica. Y'all niggas indicated. This is what the young folks would say or qualify as playing in my face. <laughs> this is also what the young folks would qualify as cap. Yeah, all cap. And you know what, Prentice? You are fucking uh, Prentice Kaepernick, <laughs> nigga. Because you fucking playing in my face and you acting like... We don't have a reason to think the way that we thinking about this shit, nigga. No, stop bullshitting, bro. Fam, y'all literally had a scene where you said, yo, I had to check her work husband. Let that nigga know right there, nigga. You ain't going to fucking play my Derek talking shit. And then it was, yeah, she's at uh, Issa's watching the finale of Due North. Then we fast forward to Issa's. She's not watching the finale of Due North. What's Tiffany at? She missing the finale. Yeah, like, yo, where was Tiffany? And then she pop up pregnant, and now she all depressed. And y'all pregnant. didn't have a kid yet, so this wasn't a situation where she the postpartum was the issue or none of that. No, nigga, this was prepartum. This was pre-pregnant. <laughs> so stop playing with me, Prentice. Come on, dog. Pre-pregnant, Prentice. Yeah. So, so listen, yeah, man. Stop bullshitting, dog. It's all love. And, Prentice, we love you. Stop. You my nigga. But stop acting like you don't know why we thought the way we thought. Yeah. Unless y'all trying to... This The big reveal is in season five. He's just trying to save it. Trying to make it... But, like, we know it's coming, my nigga. And if that's the case, though, Prentice, don't lie to me, man. <laughs> Izzy Jacob, don't lie to me, man. Dog. So, um, fast forward. Oh, wait. Matter of fact... Before we get into rewind, before we get into the whole episode, yeah, yeah. Now, y'all not gonna like this, okay? Well, me and you gonna like this. Pause, but uh, I don't. Have you seen the Amanda Steele shit that's been going on today? Yes, 
Would you like to talk about that now? Yes. I have it all documented. I even got involved, and then I pulled back. Now, I'm... Hey, I'm all good for uh, to get into some Amanda Seals drama Bro. on the pod. Cause, no, no, know, no. That's kind of, you know. Shout out to Amanda Seals for posting the, like, slate of tweets that she posted that said, yo, y'all got people who don't even like me <laughs> siding with me, dog. Like, and guess on. what? Here go two more. <laughs> like, come on, man. Dog, why are y'all trying to kill Amanda Seals over this AKA shit? Like, there was legitimate reasons where I'd be like, yo, y'all need to leave this bullshit alone. And that Damn. bullshit meaning that particular argument, yeah, 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 not her yeah. in general, because I don't got nothing against her personally. So Amanda Seals posted, well, first, actually, let me go to her, uh, go to her, oh, shit, my nigga Mark Lamont Hill then got in it. Oh, now it then got smart, nigga. Allegedly. <laughs> Yo, Mark Lamont Hill, almost, did you see that weird shit that happened to him like a month ago? Nigga almost died. Nigga had like a random, like, yeah, normal surgery then woke up the next day and had a heart attack, nigga. Yeah. Um, so he said this Amanda Seals slash AKA thing is a non-controversy. If someone wears Greek letters but didn't pledge, that's a problem that should be handled in the way such matters are handled. But if an actor is positively portraying a member of an organization which approved it, that's different. Thanks, Mark Lamont Hill. Let me tell you all about trademarks. HBO isn't new to this. They didn't just put Alpha Kappa Alpha and the shield and all that shit well, on HBO without making sure this went through the proper channels. Well, apparently AKA never was shown on the screen. Both all three letters were never shown at the same. It was time. the a, you knew she wore the cardigan. You saw the colors. You knew what it was, but here's the thing. Let me rewind. Cause in last night's episode, no, the letters AKA were not ever fully shown on Amanda seals, but let me rewind to season one. My nigga, do you remember the episode where Molly took the dude, Jared, who she thought was gay, over to uh, Tiffany and Derek house? Yeah. And they went over there. I was talking about, like, college and dudes that went to college, whatever, whatever. We learned Jared worked at Enterprise and never went to college. That episode, few things happened. When Molly and Tiffany saw each other, they threw their pinkies up in ski weed. First thing that happened. <laughs> Second thing that happened. I'm not going to make fun of you. No, 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 no. I'm just talking to some of our listeners because, you know, I'll be making fun of that little, that y'all, that sound. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, not going to That was it. one of the funniest things you ever did live on the pod, though, because when you <laughs> made the sound on whatever episode that was, I cried, nigga. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm 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 let you breathe. Second thing that happened um, on that same episode, when they went into Derek and Tiffany's house, Derek is portrayed as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. They had a whole banner with a shield displayed from Alpha Phi Alpha right on the wall in the crib they was in. He talked about being an alpha. He's not an alpha in real life. Tiffany and Molly talked about being AKs. They're not AK. Somebody told me Molly's AK in real life. I don't have no proof of that, but whatever. None of it matters because all this shit is paid for Hey, listen, I want to show you a little bit of this group conversation I, before I heard about yeah, it yeah, in yeah. this group thread. Y'all see Amanda Seals getting dragged again? What now? We're wearing AKA letters last night and not being a member. It's a TV show. I can't stand Greek niggas. <laughs> 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 Me either. They take their friendship club serious. <laughs> Duh. Not my word. <laughs> Too damn serious. And for what? 
to wear matching colors and stomp the ground for no reason. <laughs> hey, listen, these <laughs> but the people who words these are, are listening, they cracking the fuck up right now. Um, <laughs> and one of them is married to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, hey, say no more. Say no more. I already know where we at. Well, married to an AKA. Yeah, yeah. And, I knew um, where you was at it. It just, I'm not, I, can't, I can't go no No, further. no, 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 no. We're going to leave right there. It gets funnier. But, but look, and then hold up, because Mark Lamont Hill went on to say some other shit. Mark Lamont Hill is a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Um, so y'all Cap. <laughs> hey, so is Kaepernick. <laughs> nigga, it's scary vibes, nigga. <laughs> so he went on to say some of y'all were mad that Amanda Seals was wearing AKA paraphernalia on last night's Insecure. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. She's an actress playing a role. Not a perp at a Greek picnic. A perp. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated approved the use of their trademark. You the portrayal was positive. To asked, me, this shouldn't be an issue. Thoughts? Mark Lamont Hill, you asked, a.k.a. if they approved that? No, so here's the thing. They I don't have give to. a fuck. No, no, but they have to. You can't. So, like, people, I, I got caught up in this, like, way too deeply early in the morning because I didn't know why they was dragging Amanda, Amanda Seals. I thought it was, like, a real thing. So when I got caught up in it, I was seeing people say like, yo, on Different World, when they were portraying uh, uh, black Greek organizations, Ron and Dwayne pledged, and it was a made-up org. It yeah. wasn't one of the Divine Nine. So, But here was the thing, though. The actor who plays Ron, I can't think of his real name. Shout out to him. He's an alpha in real life. Uh, Debbie Allen, her sister, is an AKA in real life. Bill Cosby who oversaw all this shit, is a Q in real life. So in different world, y'all don't think, because people were saying they made up an org, but it was background actors who had on paraphernalia of like real D9 organizations. Nigga, we know that Ryan was a fucking Nigga, y'all don't think that all this, my point is, y'all don't think all this shit is cleared through the proper channels before it comes to fucking global TV, nigga? The fact that y'all are making like proper channels, like what the fuck are we talking about here? Trademarks, same way as, yo, on a show, if we see a nigga clearly using a MacBook, but that Apple logo was covered, we know what that means. Name, pay the trademark. Fine if you didn't. Put some tape over the Apple logo. I don't give a fuck. But if you did, I know just mentally, yeah, that went through or when they what came, it needed to go through. When they showing text messages and they don't pay to get that clear, yeah, it's yeah. always a made up green and yellow, I mean, green and blue bubbles. Like, I can yeah, tell yeah. that, like, because we didn't clear that. But, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You off campus now, though. And like nigga, in the real world, leave Amanda Seals the fuck alone. So Amanda Seals posted when the internet makes people who dislike you take your side. And it's a few tweets. Why y'all acting weird enough for me to side with Amanda Seals? Amanda Seals is an awful person, <laughs> but y'all not about to drag her for acting for an acting role sporting letters. There are so many other things you could choose from. I don't even like Amanda Seals like that. <laughs> and y'all got me out here on her side shaking my fucking head. My favorite the- one, and it's because of the picture. <laughs> don't ever have me siding with Amanda Seals again. <laughs> and Mariah <laughs> Carey holding two guns in two different directions. I mean, at least they objective. And here's the thing, man. Amanda Seals posted a, a couple things last night on her uh, Insta story talking about this shit. But I'm going to just let her speak for herself. I don't know why people keep asking me if I'm a soror. I am not a soror. <laughs> Tiffany is a soror. Tiffany is a character on a TV show. I didn't write the character. I play the character. I'm not a soror. 
I'm an actress. Somebody snoring? And I'm playing a character on a TV show. And I think reality TV done really got folks fucked up because, you know, it's like, it's all the same. But it's, it's I'm just playing a character. That's it. Y'all know that, though. But some of y'all don't. I feel like some folks really forget. Like, Ma'am. I remember this conversation when Boosie. Uh, oh, when he wore the capital letters. I be just wondering, like, what you gonna do? Like, what's the re- what's the consequence? What's the recourse? Because I know your your college educated, uh, degreed up professional in real life ain't about to catch a body because the nigga wore your color. So, like, what what what's the repercussion? Is it a are, as an adult male or a woman? Like, are you gonna fight somebody? Like, what's the repercussion? Like, it's it's not that. I don't want to say it's not that serious because I'm not a part of. It. I can't tell yeah. somebody like yo whatever y'all went through, but like what's it's the like reper- gang shit, nigga. If, if gang shit is a re- it's a real repercussion behind it. No, no, it is, but it's also like as far as telling niggas that they should be mad or not. Hey, I stay out of it. Yeah. But shout out to um one of the listeners of the show, one of the friends of the show. Uh, Nahomi Imani, she wrote, she's a member of AKA, okay. um, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She said, Woo, my sorors are calling for heads to roll. Tiffany's character has been in AKA since season one. She always wears pink and green, but I think what really stressed folks out was that she had on the letters and they showed the shield. It caught me off guard too, but I appreciated the nod. And it's a show. <laughs> But people got to find something to be mad at. I love my sorors, but sometimes we do the most. Now, if she was shaking her ass and committing violent acts wearing the letters, she can't this would ass? be a different conversation. AKAs don't shake their ass? But I think what she's saying is... Because I know something. Nigga, she wasn't even doing nothing bad. Like, oh. she wasn't even doing... like. Well, maybe they don't shake their ass while they're in colors. Hey, I don't know. Maybe they do. Because, I mean... A couple other AKA friends of mine <laughs> showed um similar context in the messages that we back and forth they was just like damn why is this an issue like yo my favorite one was uh this girl said yo i'm a financially active member of aka for 20 years straight i don't care because why y'all that mad and then it's the thing though if you that mad if you really had a problem with it why y'all mad at amanda see she don't have nothing to do with this nigga she not wardrobe she not the producer she not whoever fucking might have reached out to nationals and said, yo, can we pay to use the trademark on the show? Amanda Seals just got on here and played Tiffany, nigga. Yo, this shit fucking stupid. So to your point, uh, what we were saying about people saying, yo, they didn't show all three letters. It was just the A or whatever, whatever. That's what we saw last night. Go back to episode one, season one. They in Molly's office. Whole ass AKA mug sitting right on her desk. Whole ass AKA paddle in her apartment. All this shit is shown full. Cause like sometimes when they don't pay for the shit, they'll have a sprite can, but they'll never say sprite. Yeah, you, yeah. You'll see the S, the P. Yeah. They'll get another side of it. They'll say the, the, yeah. the I T E or some yep. shit. But like But no, this was AKA sprawled over Molly whole life in season one, episode one. It's all right there. I'll just say When this. am I mad? I'll just say this from the outside looking in. Yeah. Uh when different organizations do like little silly shit like this. It don't make your organization look good to anybody outside of the organization, which probably is probably no concern of yours, but because y'all only care about gay gang, so it just and it look, just make everything look weird. 
I'm not I'm not going to sit up and again act like this would impact me the way that it might impact a member of this organization. This could even be one of them situations where you know how like it'd be shit where they'd be like y'all in women's business. We in AKA's business right now. This but goes both ways. Most of the AKA's who I've talked to have said, fam, this is a non issue. And most of the motherfuckers making it an issue probably ain't even financially active. One of my AKA friends was like, most of the people making this an issue probably ain't even AKA for real, nigga. Like, motherfuckers just mad to be mad. Because she was like, nigga, every server I got thought that shit was cool as hell. That our org was on HBO. And I was like, eh, all right. From your lips to God's ear. Who should be mad is the Q's because on last night's episode, they said... The Omega party smelled like walking straight into a booty hole. <laughs> Nick. So about that. <laughs> Yo, that was have you, have, you, have you seen this video? Yeah. Because in that thread, uh, they got to talking about all the Greeks. You feel me? And uh, it'd be some questionable shit that oh, be going on with a, with a lot of different organizations. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what's going on in this video. Oh, let me see this. It's um, popping up. We just got three Dove ads in a row. Oh, I have seen this video. I, maybe that's why they said it smelled like that. Because, <laughs> but hey. I, don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, don't I have it. seen this video. That video was out of control, by the way. Um, I, from from my family and a few close friends who are accused. I never seen them do that. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe different schools got different rules. Definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, hey, it's a million things y'all could kill Amanda <laughs> you seen Seals the Steve about. Video? <laughs> yes. Hey yo, my niggas, uh hey yo, hey. Yo. You age out of that shit at some point, right? No. Cause Steve no. Harvey and them sixty year olds, they was Steve Harvey and Shaq is gonna do this shit to the end of time, nigga. Shaq knees ain't been right in a long time, but then they're gonna give you the moves. Yeah. Hey man, I'm I'm letting all my dogs be great, man. But uh, hey, <laughs> insecure is back. Yo, where would you get this content, Nick? <laughs> if insecure wasn't back, we wouldn't even be talking about this shit. I'm so happy, dog, but sad at the same time, nigga. I'm frustrated by the episode or the fact that it's going off. About the episode, okay. Felt like it was six and a half minutes. That shit was over too quick. It's the final season, man. Give me forty five minutes or something. So final season, I do. It's funny because um, this shit was over so quick. I think it might have been Wednesday or Thursday. Issa was taking the same way Prentice Penny was doing. Ask me anything. Issa was taking some questions, but before literally the story before she started doing it, she said about to start answering some questions about insecure, but I'll throw this one out there for y'all <laughs> off top. No, these episodes won't be more than 45 or won't be more than a half hour. Nigga. And she was like, hashtag no 45s. I, I mean, Yo. I, I don't understand. Give me four episodes. Fam. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it never feels like I get, a, by the time I get into the episode, it's yeah. over. So I will say insecure I haven't really sat and thought about this list in full, but Insecure is top two and it's not two most rewatchable shows ever, dog. <laughs> yeah, it don't take you like, long to watch it. Fam, but like, you can legit I, I enjoy throw the shit. whole, see, yeah, we love this I shit. We, now, shit. we talking I, shit. I want 45 to an hour because I love I this love shit. It. Yeah, 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 not because like, it's like not great. No, no, no. It's Insecure is one of them shows 
We're as good as it is. It's so much left unsaid. In two hours, you finish with half the season. Facts. So in like one day. And I mean, even so you remember my complaint last year when they finally gave him 10 episodes and then they spent two, one on Issa, one on Molly. I was like, eh, I didn't want to do that just because it was so much story. Like, yo, that whole shit with us finding out Lawrence and Condola kept fucking after the Thanksgiving breakup. I wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit of that. Like, oh, Condola. Why my ass grabbed the phone like I had the sound effect on my shit. But it was like, yo, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing more of that storyline than just Lawrence popping up yeah. or Condola popping up at Lawrence's door saying, yo, I'm pregnant. And it was like, it ain't mine, okay? It's not mine. I had the Jimmy on extra tight. <laughs> yo, the only one I yo, was with. Why Alina thought that'll work? <laughs> So you man enough to take a life? You ain't man enough to take care of one? Nope. Sure ain't. <laughs> I'm not going to be around long enough. <laughs> Have a good night. Dying tomorrow. Not going out this way. Single mom in it either way. Damn, her bro, she actually put, got that nigga killed. Her cousin is the one that killed him. No, nigga. she killed him. Hey, I might have raised him if you ain't get me killed. Think about it. Like She sent She went and told him. partner. Yo, I just had it. I fucked this nigga. He's probably not the baby daddy. But... Go get him. And even if he is, fam, if I am the kid's dad. You about to go fight him? You want me to get, even if you ain't want him to kill me, you want him to beat me up for being your kid's dad? Like, that don't make me want to be the dad more. I'm not (laughs) coming around. (laughs) Like, yo, wait, I'm getting beat up and the kid ain't even, (laughs) nigga, you ain't showing. (laughs) Why you ready to kill? (laughs) Nigga said you ain't showing. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, where are Alina at? Hey, yo, it's still an embryo. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a father yet until it's a baby. Now, if Menace would have got filmed in Texas, it been a different fucking movie. <laughs> would have sent Alina ass right to jail. <laughs> My bad, Ace. Yo. I didn't mean you to hear all this. <laughs> Issa, this is supposed you, to be the clean episode. Issa, we tried so hard to make sure this episode was nothing wrong. But I feel like you would understand our humor Facts. better than a lot of people who we offend on this podcast. Yo, man, this, uh, this episode was great. Man, it was I enjoyed shot. the fuck out of this episode. Man, the dog. production value is, is, is increased tremendously, man, so, from season one and on and so forth. <laughs> like, this shit looked great. All right, man. You saying from season one to right now, I, which I agree with you by the way, but it also made me think. So I rewatched pretty much all the episodes going into um, the season five premiere. It's a lot of other shit that changed from season one to right now. Man. Everybody looks better, dog. They got money now, but like even like, and I don't even mean that jokingly. No, for real though. Because, but yes, I agree. They got money. Niggas started coming up. But, like, even toward the end of season one, I saw them do something with Lawrence. This is what made me think it. Lawrence, through the first six episodes of season one, beard was scraggly, haircut was scraggly. He was kind of chubby. They even poked fun at it like the nigga ain't worked out in a while. He's sitting around eating snacks on the couch. Last two episodes, the nigga was jogging, working out. He got an interview. All of a sudden, this nigga had a fade, and his beard was lined up and clean and tapered and all. And it was like... Huh. 
And it was like since then you just started to see like the evolution of all the characters look. So I'm like, I don't know if they were like intending intending on making them look different. Yo, they always say Or if they got money and just look better than it. You know they say black don't crack. Facts. But it's really black who got money that don't crack. Facts. Like when you're not stressing, stress ages you. Um, certain shit ages you. Yeah. Um, not knowing what you about to eat at tomorrow. <laughs> um, but like, yo, when you got a couple dollars, you seen Elise Neal? Really? <laughs> yo, Elise Neal. Yo, Rob, you a wild nigga, dog. I just want to say that, Rob. And you know why, okay? <laughs> yo. In reference to Elise Neal. Um, and here's the thing. They say black don't crack. And say some black crack. Have you seen Elise Neal? Yeah. She's 55. First of all, uh, there's only two women I've ever said this about. Elise Neal and Serena Williams. I'm trying to get my body like theirs, nigga. They buff as I want to be. Like, Elise Neal looks great. And she don't look. You said she about to be how old? She's 55. 55. Guess who else is 55? Steve Harris. We just talked about him on the last pod. Steve Harris has maintained looking the same age for 20 years. Elise Neal has too, nigga. It's different. She looked better than Steve Harris to me, nigga. <laughs> um, Anywho. No, anywho, uh, this episode was shot beautifully. It was one of them. Um, if we're rating it off top, I'm coming smooth out the gate with a pair of buffs, and I'm going to tell you why. It's four out of five for the outside listeners, by the way. Um, I love this episode for the fact that for 45, 47 minutes, they didn't give me really shit related to Issa's romantic relationships that's episode 145 minutes however long it was all right we can see that right now actually we can look that right up on hbo max about 28 minutes oh yeah yeah why did i go 45 pardon me um for 25 minutes they gave me nothing and that includes the recaps and then an extra 10 minutes of wind down and the um this the the freaking um credits that come on the end. Like this, it was. So this episode was 32 minutes. 26, 27 of that, nothing to do with Lawrence. We saw them kiss in like a recappy sort of montage of what everybody's been on. That was it. We ain't know shit else about East and Lawrence. And then right at the end, after you've given me like the core relationships, because ultimately, I know we get caught up in Molly and East's romantic shit a lot, but their friendship is. 75% of what this show was about. Issa and Lawrence was the other 25. We got their friendship. We got their relationship with Kelly. I know we've asked for like three seasons straight. Can we get more Kelly, more Kelly? This episode we did. Thought it was phenomenal. Shout out to the girl who played uh, Cheyenne. Killed. Killed. Almost, almost literally. <laughs> yeah, facts. Um, That actress, she plays on... Uh, terrible show that i watch uh it's one of my fucking guilty pleasures nigga on bet by tyler perry called the oval i watch it every week faithfully i don't care she's on there i had no idea she was this funny because her character on the oval it's not funny the oval's a drama nigga she cracked me the fuck up she killed everybody killed i thought Derek and tiffany and kelly all killed they did their thing the reveal on Derek and tiffany is coming I feel like it has to. Prentice, you're not going to play me. But for the whole episode, we got fucking just relationship and core Issa and Molly shit. And then right in the end, we get Lawrence and Issa. And I mean, that shit stung, nigga. 
Lawrence said two fucking things. That nigga said, yeah, I know. That was it. Yeah, I know. He ain't say no other words. And then they did they little I'm crying face, but the tear ain't rolled on my eye yet, and they walked off. That shit was beautiful, dog. Well, I saw this coming throughout the episode from what she was saying while she was on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was talking with Molly yeah. um, about, like, you may wake up and think that I've been wasting my time. I don't know that I, ru- I made the right decision. Yeah. I may wake up tomorrow and change my whole mind. I thought it was. So let's go back real quick into season four. Most beautiful episode of the entire series. Issa and Lawrence, when they go on a, what was supposed to be just a meetup, turn into a full fucking night's worth of date, a re-get together, uh, oh shit, we are meant to be the most beautiful chemistry we've seen on this shit. Because to this point, we haven't seen Issa and Lawrence in this element, right? We had only seen them with Lawrence struggling for a job, then Issa trying to get him back for cheating and all. It had been trauma surrounding so that episode on season four, we finally saw them thrive. But then, of course, we know what happened. They got back together. They was making it work. Lawrence got a job offer in San Francisco. They was going to figure out the long distance shit of it. And then Condola revealed, I'm pregnant. Real quick. Let's let's talk about this. Before we get to season five. Condola revealed, I'm pregnant. She told Lawrence, hey, you can be as involved as you want. I said it when we reviewed this episode last year, but I want to say it again just because it's relevant. Ladies, stop telling niggas who get you pregnant who you're not with that they can be as involved as they want. Because if that's a good dude, telling that nigga he can be a shitty dad is not the way to fucking, like, make him, like, no nigga I know, or I fuck with, rather, is going to be like, oh, shit, I could be a shitty dad, thanks. Like, that don't hype me up. That don't get me going. That don't make me feel better because, yo, you're telling me I can be an uninvolved father. That's trash, dog. I mean, that's Stop just, telling niggas that shit. I mean, it's not real, though. Also, the fact, you're, like, it's you cap. I call it big cap. It's cap, but you just setting yourself up to say, so when he, when insert person doesn't do that, yeah. it's like, well, I told him that anyway. No, you didn't in real life, like. That's and a defense mechanism, probably. No, here's the thing, dog. I, I'd like to think no woman would really tell a dude that shit and mean it. And mean it. Woman told me that before. Oh, no, no. I had a whole ex-girlfriend so, now tell was, me that shit. I was offended. I was 100%. I was offended. Because, again, dog, you don't say that shit to a nigga who really bought that that I life. Was, nigga, was, I'm a grown man, bro. I was glad that she ended up. I'm like, why the fuck would you say that to Oh, me? no, no, no. I'm ecstatic that that girl wasn't pregnant for real. But the fact she had the nerve to say that shit to me, I, like, fam, that's one of the maddest times I've ever been in my life, dog. You know that's disrespectful happened? as fuck. When she moved on and, and had a child? Yeah. And called and told me? Mm. Said it was still been mine? <laughs> I'm like, well, when it when it had a possibility of it, you, you was told like, me you I ain't even it. need to be that nigga. That's some wild shit to say. Fam. Both of them statements is wild shit to say. Like, yo, Facts. this baby should have been with you. Don't tell me a baby should have been mine. Just like a nigga shouldn't tell a girl when he about to get married, this should have been you. <laughs> yo, here's, here's, here's a fun story. Here's a fun story. It's not me. Close friend of mine, though. Girl he used to date. She was getting married on a Saturday. The Thursday prior to that date, that wedding date, she mm. showed up at that nigga's crib. Really? Drunk, crying, told him it should have been you that I'm marrying on Saturday. 
And then she went on to get married that Saturday. Awesome. Uh, what movie was that? Uh, one that didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, Tay Diggs was one of them shits. Remember? Uh, Sonai Lathan, Tay Diggs. Best Man. Uh, or no, 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 not Best Man. Uh, Love Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar, yeah. It didn't end it like that, though. No, no, no. <laughs> Brown Sugar ended way unrealistically, nigga, because she confessed her love. They fucked before the wedding. Or no, no, no. They made out before the wedding. And he was trying to fuck. He confessed. No, they fucked. No, no, no. Not before his wedding. Oh, yeah. They fucked before her shit was supposed to go down. And then she broke up with Dog. And then they get together at Angie Mars show. Um, but all that said, yo, just stop saying wild shit <laughs> to niggas you not with. Um, and again, if you if you get pregnant by a dude who you not with, man, don't tell that nigga you can be as involved as you want. Like that's just that's, that's just a trash. That's and not fair to your child. It's not fair to your child. It's not fair to you, and it's not fair to that man. And bonus, any nigga who says you know what that's cool and doesn't get involved, that's a whole ass nigga. So don't even get that nigga the opportunity. You're giving him permission to be a whole ass nigga. Don't do that, bro. So anyway, Lawrence learned Condola was pregnant. He told Issa at the end of season four, Issa was trying to figure out if she still wanted to deal with it. Now, I'm going to ask you, um, obviously, you and I, we aren't women, so we wouldn't be exactly in Issa's position. (laughs) Real shit. I don't know if y'all knew. Um, We wouldn't exactly be in Issa's position, but... And I'm also not a father. Also a fact. No, no, no. no, Now, hit the scary vibes for that, nigga. But... Do you think, yeah? <laughs> do you think Issa staying with him, knowing Condola was having his baby, like is that far fetched? Is it far fetched for her? Like, if she decided, you know what? I know you're having a baby with this lady. We weren't together. You was with her. Me and you weren't even kind of. The only reason me and you were broken up is because I cheated on you. Me and you were not together. You was with somebody who you was with. Y'all broke up, but y'all kept fucking around after y'all broke up. She ends up pregnant. Is it far-fetched for her to say, you know what? I'll still kick it with you even though she finna have your kid. Um, I've heard women like, the, I've talked to close friends. They said that they wouldn't, they're not doing a day out. Yeah. Then I say, would you date somebody who just has a kid? And they say yes. And Abby's utterly confused. Um, what it <laughs> what it ended up boiled down is like well no because they think that because they're having a baby they're going to somehow be together still yeah so it's a trust thing or insecurity thing not because like I don't even know this motherfucker like to your point not with condola but like just yeah, in general right in general when so you happens. have a one night stand with somebody you about to have a baby you you never was with this person you don't plan on being with them you're gonna be an active father they're like nah that's just too, that's too soon yeah. too soon for what yeah to your point. Going back to season four when Lawrence told, Con- or I'm sorry, told Issa that Condola was pregnant, Issa's first fucking question was, do you still want to be with her? Because that's normally the concern, nigga. It ain't, yeah. yo, if you have a, a five-year-old and you and an old girl ain't been together in four years, I'm pretty certain, you know what, y'all probably ain't trying to be together. Y'all just have a child together. And that ain't always the case, right. but I'm not going to get into that. But that's generally why people will say, I'm cool with somebody who got a kid because you think they're not together because they're not on the surface. They might still be fucking, you don't know. Like, I'd be more concerned with the 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 the, the, the co-parenting that used to be in a relationship or used to be married and be seeing love versus some one-night stand. Like, we don't even have that chemistry, that bond. I met you in 
Miami or some shit. Like, I, <laughs> we just happen to be from the same city. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't Man, know you. Like, you know it's wild though. Like, which is you shouldn't be you know. about this generation. This is not. I'm I'm not being judgy at all. It's just wild when you think about it. Like. Yo, we've gotten so comfortable with motherfuckers who are already, like, ready-made to the point that, hey, you've already had a child with someone else, nigga. I prefer you because you've already been down that road. You've been married and divorced and had three kids, nigga. You ready to go. You ripe for the picking. Like, we so cool with that shit instead of just, yeah, I'd rather just wait and, like, have my own baby. Have my own child with you. Like, I kind of feel Issa, like. Eh. And that's the thing. So when I asked you if it was far fetched, I don't necessarily think her sticking with him is far fetched, but I'm not mad at her being like, yeah, I think we, I, I can't do this. Sam, I want my first child to be our first child. Nigga. Yeah, I, I've never, me and you going to be together. The kid going to be over there. We're yeah. going to be sharing moments that it's going to be. Fam, you salty. already finna take a job in San Francisco. Now, when you come back to LA to see your kid, I got to split time with your kid. Every time you come here to see them, it got to be me, you, and the kid. This ain't my kid. It's a constant reminder that you had a baby with another motherfucker. And then if you don't have time to spend with me because you need to spend time with your kid, I can't say nothing. The only thing I don't understand about that whole dynamic is that can be the situation and the kid been here for two years, it's fine. But if the situation when it's new, it's it's not. But, like, it's it's the same situation. When I come in town, I have a child, so I'm going to split my time. Like, why is it so different when it's new? The only di- for me, the only difference is you think there's still a pop- possibility that, that they want to be with the other person. And to my point about Alina so from Menace, Condola wasn't even showing yet. Nigga, get this time in right now. Y'all got nine months before this nigga really got to be active. Nigga, like from from San Fran to through the whole time that she pregnant with the kid and she just said he don't even got to be active with. I just wasn't sure the timeline from this episode. Yeah, I wasn't certain either. How um, long is this? For a couple of reasons. Because his his flight, I mean, he, he was leaving to San Francisco, like, soon. And then she flew into San Francisco. Oh, is that where she flew in? Yeah, going to Stanford. Oh, yeah. So she flew in, and when they showed her fly into the, or come out the airport at the beginning, she was at San Francisco airport. I thought, and a lot of people on the internet thought, she was going to see Lawrence. Didn't even, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't even thinking she's going to her alma mater to speak or no shit. I'm thinking she's going to see Lawrence. So they tricked me right up front. Did we know that she went to Stanford? So the only reason it didn't shock me is because Issa, in real life, went to Stanford. No, what I'm saying So the character. Stanford is a, a relatively good school. Yeah. Issa don't strike yeah, me as. It's fake Ivy League. Yeah, but she don't strike it's like me like U of M. She strike me as the under underperformer. Like you probably got all of the, the the talent and everything. But, but you know what? She strikes me as the student that goes to Stanford and studied like some arts. Mm-hmm. Like like where Molly was pre law and Tiffany was whatever the fuck Tiffany was, you studied uh art history or English or some shit. Some shit that wasn't really going like yeah. send you off onto a career path. And they even talked about that shit when she was doing the flashback in the mirror. And her mirror uh yeah. version of her from from college said yo you did you end up going to law school and da 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 and she was like nah that was molly's dream that wasn't my shit i was just kind of doing what molly was doing i like that they approach that because a lot of times dog we can get into the best fucking college in the world nigga we 17 18 niggas don't know what the fuck they want to do bro yeah and like Issa's speech when they was up on the stage who and you doing think all that is? or i don't know if fought the right word but like who you think should mold that. 
the the whole nature of a 17-year-old picking where they fucking want to go. Or, like, not having an idea. Not having an idea. Like, don't you um, think it should probably start earlier? Then, well, because within the next three three years, you 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 figure it out, right? Because you're actively thinking about it, and it means something. So, like, if you just start a little earlier, like if you just mold your children, easier said than done. Because guess yeah. what? Not a dad. Yeah, uh, facts. Like maybe we should start that shit a little bit early. I don't know, because then it's always argument. Like, no, let them be a kid. You know, this kid gonna be an adult. So yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna tell you, as you were saying that, what I thought. So you know how, like, when a kid, for instance, kid plays sports, yeah, play football, you had to sneak in pal league, pee wee, fucking all this shit from the minute he could run, he was playing football, and we encouraged that and we pushed that. When a kid's foreign tells you he wants to be a doctor or a lawyer or some shit, we don't necessarily continually encourage that. Yeah, not in our culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in our in other cultures. Um, that's exactly that's what exactly they push, what they do. But then a and lot they of them end up being doctors and yeah. lawyers and shit like that. But then also a lot of them niggas, like for instance, they be told when they two they gonna be a fucking doctor, and then they go on to push their entire lives. You got to be a doctor. A lot of them niggas end up finally becoming a doctor and resent that shit because it was like, fam, this ain't what I wanted to be. But I rather you resent, to that point, I rather you resent being a doctor than resent than not being. <laughs> I'd rather us encourage you your whole life to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, whatever the fuck. Then not encourage you if you want to do something other than play a sport. Yeah, when you at insert company here, yeah, and you don't have an opportunity to do the extra, I'd rather you be there and not instead of being like, I could be a doctor, professor, and everything, but like, you yeah. know what? I really want to sell shoes. I want to do custom shit. Yeah. All right, we'll do what the fuck you want to do. I but. feel like culturally, if again, and I big yo. You either fucking rapper got a wicked jump shot. Like, I feel like culturally niggas get behind the shit that we know. Yo, if they make it to the top, they can be fucking, they done made out the hood. They can be millionaires. They can be rich. They can take care of all the generations of their family from there on down. We'll get behind that shit early. Niggas talk, niggas, since we was kids, we've heard motherfuckers say, oh, they going to uh, put their kid in golf early so they can play that. Tiger Woods. They're going to put their kid in tennis early. Serena and Venus. They're going to put their kid in baseball. We hear that now. Yo, them niggas ain't got no salary cap. Nigga, you made millions of Because ba- subconsciously, it- somebody kind of instilled in you that all you good for is sports and activity and, or entertainment. And it's like, yo, you can literally, the same way you can raise and coach your kid to be a star football player and be a star athlete, and then they can get to high school or college and blow their knee out and never play this sport again, guess what? You can raise them to be a doctor. So. And so, they can keep their mind on being a doctor the whole fucking time, bro. Like BMF, the episode we just did is like a perfect example of um, wherever you are at or wherever you are encouraged is what you're going to end up being. Facts. Like if you, T was smart. T was smart as hell. Meech, Meech was smart. Smart as fuck. Yeah. But you, he's in this area where well, both parents at work all day. Yeah. So I'm influenced by the streets and the streets, a.k.a. Pat. Told me Pat to get, influenced me. Pat told me to get money, and this yeah. is the way that you do it. So we should probably, you know, influence that earlier. I well, feel like it's I a got, way to. I'll say this: what I will do uh, when I have a child is try to get that earlier. So by the time you get to college, you have an idea. I don't want you to be having those those first thoughts when you're 17 years old, when you're yeah. 11th grade, 12th grade of what I because that's do. intimidating, bro. Like growing up. 
collegiately or not collegiately, academically, all I ever thought to be was a lawyer from elementary through middle through high school up until college. I graduated P law. Um, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> but when I when I'm 17 at orientation, picking a major and I pick political science pre law. I don't know what the fuck it is because nobody's really told me what any of this is going to be. But if niggas encouraged what I actually was doing day to day, nigga, my passion was in martial arts from four years old. Did I want to be an actor with it? Did I want to be an action star? Did I want to be a fight choreographer? Did I want to? I had no clue. Or what if they would have been like, okay, let's take a move you into the business realm. Mm -hmm. We know you want to do martial arts. The, a martial arts studio is really an empty ass room with some mats on the floor. Fam. You you twenty years old. You got your own dojo. You got people signing up x amount of dollars a month. Like this a this a relatively. So here's the wild part. When I was seventeen, going to college, my cousin shout out to my cousin Greg down in Alabama. He always used to say, "Yo, you need to open up your own karate school." But nigga, at seventeen, now because I just went seventeen straight years or thirteen, because I started when I was four, thirteen straight years of nobody ever even mentioning that this was a possibility. Now when I'm seventeen, that don't even sound realistic to me no more. It's like so I would rather what? What, what I'm going to try to do is like these decisions are going to be made within a four year span. Yeah, and I rather those four years start earlier than when you actually get to college, so you have a better chance. It's not exact. It's not an exact science. You can't predict what the child going to do or whatever. But I don't know. We probably should just encourage that a little bit. More. Yeah, man. I, I feel like, uh, to your point, I'm a, based on my growth. And granted, my parents were supportive as fuck as my, of my martial arts endeavors. They had me in a lot of shit. They spent a lot of man hours fucking with me. nigga. But to that point, I'm going to really help my child. Not only like figure out what they passionate about, but try to foster if this is something they can do for the rest of their lives and take care of themselves, like without looking at, yo, how much money can they potentially make? Is this realistic? I just want to know, will they be able to live through their passion and take care of themselves? Cause if they can, I want to figure out how this can happen. Which is why I've, I, um, I don't fought. Everybody like to say this. What's the worst advice you ever were taught to go to school four years and get oh in college. My God, bro. That's the best Why do advice. niggas shit on college? That's the best advice that somebody could tell you at the time because they just want you to be able to go out there and get a job and take care of Fam, yourself. Statistically, getting a college degree, I know it don't mean as much as it did back in the day. Neither do working at the plant. These three things right now. So listen, you graduate from high school. Yep. Um, you get a full-time job. Yep. And you don't have a child until you're married. Yep. You beat poverty. Three things. Yep. You add in a college degree, forget poverty. Now you above the median yeah. income inside of your in, in your. Now town. you're really middle class, nigga. And the median income that's in your city or your state, with all those three things and a college degree, you're above that. Yeah. That's just the numbers. Yep. So that's just the numbers. So it's not a it's not bad advice. Yeah. It's sound advice. Now whether that advice ultimately works for you specifically. Don't fault no. Don't fault your parents because they they gave you sound advice. And here's the thing, yo. There are ways to improve that experience. Okay, going to college and getting in debt and blah 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 blah. Hey, how about this? Instead of shitting on furthering your education, we always talk about put, picking up a book and learning some shit. Now we shitting on learning some shit. Instead of shitting on that, how about yo? Let's figure out financial literacy and let's figure out how to. 
not get behind on that collegiate debt. Let's figure out how to take advantage of the system that does allow for you to maybe deter some fucking pay or defer some fucking payments. Like or all them uh all them refund checks that y'all got that y'all was actually supposed to pay them. Oh, put that back toward your education. Because we got, you got, yo, that 3000 you got back, guess what that could go towards? Guess what it's supposed to go towards? The loan, nigga. It was for your room and board. You got the refund back because you don't live on campus. But you was putting it toward going to some fucking malls and getting some clothes and a cheap apartment that didn't cost a third of that shit instead of putting it back towards your tuition. Yeah. Now when you owe that tuition back, now, all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out where all this debt came from. Yo, shout out to my brother, uh, one of the homies. I ain't going to put his name out there. But he interned for Chrysler every summer while we was in college. And he took every check he got every summer, which was bigger than all our fucking annual checks. Working at little stores and fast food and shit. He took every check and just paid his fucking loans back for the year. So when we graduated, that nigga had about a quarter of the debt that he would have fucking had. Because <laughs> it was like, yo, nigga, I've been paying back loans since before I owed them. I was still in school and I was already giving it back. Because that's what we should be doing, nigga. But some of us are more financially literate than others, which is why I'm thinking instead of shitting on college, we could maybe just teach each other how to handle the debt that comes with it so that when we come out of school, niggas ain't fucking drowning. Teach some financial literacy so that when we come out of school, we ain't just getting our first credit card. Teach some financial literacy so when we come out of school, niggas ain't just starting a savings account. Like, yo, start your kids' savings when they in fucking elementary instead of telling them niggas they need to be a basketball fucking player, nigga. How about you put some damn money in they shit weekly? Stop giving them niggas an allowance that you don't know what they do with. Take half of that and put that up for them. So when they get to college, these niggas are sitting on thousands instead of fucking going out there trying to find a job at Wendy's like Meech Mama, dog. But anyway, back to Insecure, dog. Because we ain't got kids, so we don't know what the fuck we talking about. This episode was fire. This episode was fire. Um, They started out just going back to the essence, man. They go back to college. They go back to where everybody met. They was going back for uh, a... I guess it's annual event. Yeah, it's a, it's a reunion at Stanford. Um, Issa is a panelist. She's going back to speak. We learn right up in the beginning that her and Molly's relationship is not bad, but it's still kind of awkward. It's strained. Molly, we, we learn since she broke up with Andrew, has been going through therapy. Therapy, and she's also doing what motherfuckers do on Instagram when they get out of a relationship, nigga. It's all selfies and positive quotes, nigga. You're going to get these inspirational quotes. Um, Derek's loving them. Kelly's laughing at them. Tiffany's like, yo, nigga, that shit ain't, it ain't fooling me, nigga. I know she going through something. Issa, since the block party, seems like she's on top everything feels like she's on top she gets this invite to come speak at stanford it all feels like she's doing something Issa is suffering from imposter syndrome mm. uh, which a lot of us do mm -hmm. um, and that sometimes is the thing that holds you back because you think that you don't belong there yeah um or you think that what i noticed about this episode um and the downfall for most is the comparison aspect. Yeah. Because comparison is a thief of joy. When you continually compare yourself to the next person, you seem like you don't have enough. Yeah. You know, well, this person does this, this, and this by, by this time frame. Well, we don't actually know what they did to get there. Yeah. And we don't know if everything that they told you is legit or not. Like, they could have cheated to get there. They could have lied to get there. They could have been, it could have been nepotism. You can't keep comparing yourself to another person 
based on time yeah. because time isn't the the ultimate factor. Experience is the ultimate factor. So who knows when you're going to get your break. Issa, your next break could be tomorrow. What was funny, because her confidence was up there. She was lit. Yo, I'm official now. I'm a panelist. Like she was talking that shit at the beginning. The confidence started weighing on her and, and weighing her down a little bit when she got on that panel. And now you're sitting next to motherfuckers who you think are further along than you in whatever they do. And to your point, you don't know how much time they've invested in any of this shit. You don't know how many losses they've taken before they got to the point where they seem like they winning. You don't know if they're actually winning. And you don't know. And, and often sometimes the goal is different. Yeah. If your goal is to be respected and be on a panel, then you may get there and not have all the information they have. But if yeah. your goal was to be better at what you do, yeah. and then you were invited to a panel, I can tell you about the shit that makes me good. Facts. I'm not my my goal wasn't. What's funny is you look at the panel of the four of them that was up there. That white man at the end looked ten years older than everybody up there, and he probably was. Cause guess what, fam? Our timeline ain't the same. You know, um, like for men, mm-hmm. um. Like you don't hit your financial prime until you like thirty six to such and such, right? Yeah. Uh, and people who and if you take a look at the millionaires in this country, like the age range for me, we're not gonna count basketball players and entertainers because no, 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 Most those, start getting that money early. Well, one, it's not many of those facts, and it, that's that's a, it's a blip yeah, on niggas, the radar. There are literally like a few hundred niggas in the league, like for real. And like, but the actual people, if you can go to. I think it's blackdemographics.com. Uh, but like the age of quote unquote millionaires, people over six figures, they're well into their forties yeah. and higher. So when people are like, y'all want a man who make a million dollars. Well, I hope you want a 50 year old man. Well, here's the thing. When motherfuckers say, yo, I want a man. I like my man older. That stature and that stability that you think older men have just because they're older. No, it's because most men don't actually get that stability and that stature until they in their late 30s, early 40s. How old are you when you when you graduate college, generally speaking? 22? 22. 23. All right. Let's say you're 23. Give them 23. No, let's say you're 22. Yeah. You find a job in your field by 24. Mm-hmm. You put in 10 years in your business. I mean, put in that field, you're 34 years old, and now you're just about to start cracking into money. You're not mm-hmm. like... Ten years in, yeah. you're not. It's not everything. Yeah. But now you're ten years in. Your your salary didn't got up. You 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 pay up. Your your notoriety start up. Now I can start moving into that next bracket. It take time. Fam. You can't be 27 years old. That I was in college five years ago. That's not how it works. It don't work that I don't go from unless you Mark Zuckerberg or somebody yeah. like the 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 exception is not should not be expected to be the rule. So we talked about. With the example, you know, teaching your kid, yo, from from early, they could be a doctor, right? Say you graduate at 22, 23. You got another four year, three years of med school and then like five years of fucking residency or some shit like that. So you're talking about another potentially eight years of school before you can finally actually make money in practice and do your own thing. Before you even know what field you're in, like medical ain't, medicine ain't just like, yo, I'm a doctor. No, they're a specialist. And then once you're there... Now you're in the first season of Grey's Anatomy. Literally. Because you're a grunt. You know how many seasons Grey's had, nigga. But, but now you're a grunt, though. Yeah. Like, you're not even, you, you're not, you so, a doctor in name only. So let's talk about another eight years of so school after undergrad 
Nigga, you're 30 before you even fucking go into your specialty, nigga. Before you're even officially done with learning. Like, the learning... And then, here's the thing. When you're in medicine, you're always learning because shit's ever-evolving, nigga. Before you make the real money, you're already plus 30, nigga. Come on. And this is for one of the fields that we know pays some bread. I'm just going to say, Jay-Z was 26 when his first album came out. Facts. Like, he was he was a relatively old man. Yeah. Well... Relative to be dropping a fucking first album, nigga. Yeah. Twenty six is a pretty hey. You, you, you up there? 30. Cause you at that age where niggas is already telling you, yo, nigga, you should probably stop and get a real job. Jay Z and Big Daddy Kane are one year apart in age. Yeah, and him, Jay, Big Daddy Kane, Jay Z, and Rakim are three years apart. And Jay Z will tell. This is how far apart they are in age, but how wild it is. Jay-Z will tell you, nigga, Big Daddy Kane is one of my biggest rap influences, nigga. He took me on tour. He took me on tour. He's literally the reason that I came out, because man, him and Jazz up, trying to wild out, nigga. But what I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. it don't, DMX, 28 years old when his first album dropped. Facts. Like, it, it come on, it, it don't, it don't work that way. So, if you're on the cups of something, and you, you starting to get on your panels and shit like that, don't compare yourself to the next person because it is a different journey for everybody. Jay and I talk all the time on these pods about uh, being close to 40. We getting up there. We only a couple years out now. Six months. Six months for my boy. Couple years for me. But uh, either way, we right there. Nigga, we started potting five years ago. I'm about three. Three years ago? Yeah, well, this one. Well, this one, but I'm like, yeah. you started pod, and I started joining y'all shit. 2016. It's, it's five years. So, now granted, niggas was always on the cusp of podcast. We was podcasting before niggas even knew what podcasting really was. We've been on these internets. But the fact that we coming up here and we doing some shit, and then we see Jay sees it more than me, but I see it every time I come up here where it's these young motherfuckers coming in here trying to get their pot off and da-da-da. And then here we are, the old heads in here who seem like seasoned vets to this shit. And it's like, yeah, we've been doing this shit for a while, but... Everybody's path is different. Everybody's path is different. I'm not going to automatically say, oh, man, podcast, this is a young man's game. Like, no, nigga, I'm doing this shit because this is something I'm passionate about doing. These are things we're passionate about discussing. So we come in here... We following the passion. We not following the path. That's what a lot of people fuck up. They start following what they think is the path to success, but they don't realize everybody's path is different. Don't follow the money. Mm-mm. No. Nah. Money different. will come, dog. This shit is literally a labor of love, bro. Money will come when you're great at it. Yeah. If you chase it, you want somebody, uh, one of the homies, one of the young dogs in there had a podcast uh, last week when I was at a uh, TJ Jim, gotcha. his brother, his trainer, was like, you want to be rich or you want to be great? Because if you're great at something, you're going to get rich. Yeah. But you can't. But which one do you want? Because yeah. you can come out here and make some money and you you just be running around. But which one do you want to be? Because if you want to be great, I don't know when is how long it's going to take you to be great. But I can tell you, anybody who is great at something is it's going to pay off for you being great. You got to be, you got to, you just got to, you got to be, have patience. So we, let's, we brought up sports earlier. Let's bring it up again. We talk like Michael Jordan, right? Arguably the greatest basketball player ever, right? Greatest NBA player ever. All right, cool. Michael Jordan didn't wake up rich. 
Nigga couldn't even make the high school varsity team initially, nigga. Michael Jordan didn't cash out his final highest NBA contracts until his last two years. Fam. And the nigga still made more money from shoe deals and other fucking sponsorship deals than he ever made in the NBA. The reason Michael Jordan got as rich as Michael Jordan is is because he was great. He worked on being great. He worked on being great. He didn't work to get rich. Again, Jay just said, yo, his highest NBA checks came in his last two years in the NBA. Dog. That nigga was a wizard. And that was only $30 million. He was getting wizard checks that were higher than Bulls checks. Think about that shit. Didn't win shit for the Wizards, nigga. Won six for the Bulls, but the Wizards paid me more. Why? Because I was great. They paid for my greatness. I got great by being patient enough to be great. Okay? What a lot of us these days fuck up is we see the Instagram, we see the shit, we get on the panels, we see all the conversations happening, we see the motivational speakers telling us, yo, I did it, you could do it too, and nobody's telling us. The second you find out how to do something, you're teaching the class on how to do it. Fam. Relax. But you know where they getting money? Is because, yo, when I teach this class, if I sound convincing enough, y'all niggas is paying for That's it. That's the new hustle, though. What? Everybody yes. got workshops and classes yeah. and shit like that. I'm a master class, these, nigga. I've been seeing these, the, the conscious community. Yeah. That's the major hustle right now. Yeah. I'll give you some shit on Instagram, but what? You got to sign up for my man. And I I'm can't a master class. No, no, no. Because I've just, already thought me and you should do a podcast master class. I can easily. But just know, I be seeing the hustle. Because when you talking about the conscious community, boy, you can't sell salvation. Mm -mm. That's some other shit. Fam, it's the new age pyramid. 100%. Yo, the money ain't in what I'm selling. It's in me convincing you to convince other people that I'm selling something great. So the more people I convince you to convince, mm -hmm. the more money in my pocket. Yo, nigga said, uh, let me show you this, you know, because uh, I get in trouble if I say it. But I'm going to read it so it's not like I'm saying it. Uh, this shit says, look at this religion, the world's most successful pyramid scheme. <laughs> Every member recruits their own kids. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in order for you to get to heaven, go go find me some more followers. It's, it, it makes a pyramid. I'm not saying that. It's just a funny meme, I saw. The, um... The dude, you remember on Insecure season four when Molly was at the black law firm and she like played the one nigga she worked with, like she yeah. went behind his back or whatever, dude Torian. So he posted, y'all mad at Amanda Seals for playing an AKA, but my character Torian has been an Omega from Morehouse the whole time. <laughs> and then uh, Melina Matsukas, who directed this episode and is one of the original people involved in creating uh insecure Slim, right yeah, yeah yeah um and a couple pair of jordans i feel like she got involved in but anyway uh she said not y'all coming for anyone else based on my directorial decisions at amanda seals is an actress who so beautifully embodies a character we costumed her appropriately that's how film and tv work so if you want to come for anyone i'll take it i'm just doing my job Representing us and trying to do it authentically. How dare you play a cancer patient when you don't have, you don't know the, 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 the you don't know what cancer patients go through. Yeah. How hard it is how, to get how, there. How dare you? Man. Yo, I, I thought about this um, when I saw the fuss this morning. I was like, fam, what if like a Ku Klux Klan member like tweeted like Kiefer Sutherland? Like, yo. 
How dare you? I can't believe you played a Ku Klux Klan. Nigga, you're not even Klux. You don't even know the Southern heritage of it. Yeah, like fam, name me all the founders of Ku Klux Klan right now, nigga. You wore the hood. How dare you? Side note, uh, have you seen that la- the latest Matt Damon movie? No. He plays like an oil rigger or something? I know what you're talking about because it came out in September. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking he about. He went to hang out with them to get an idea, and they like some... Yeah, Trump supporters, or whatever. But I mean, everybody got their different reasons. Yeah, facts. And they humanized them, right? Yeah, because they, they are humans. Yeah. Um, but like, yo, you gotta like Amanda should have went and hung out with some AKs first. And here's the thing, like, <laughs> how we know she didn't? I don't give a fuck like about that, that shit. But that's life. the wild part. Like, we just we just get out of shit. But anyway, this shit is podcast content because that shit means zero to me in real life. And it's like, fam. <laughs> In real life, it don't mean because it don't to that mean point, nothing to nobody except the people who are in it. Somebody said, "I know that sounds like harsh, and I don't mean it." No, no, no. Harsh. But one of the comments, <laughs> it was a dude. He was like, "Y'all gonna jump her? What you gonna do? <laughs> y'all not gonna jump her, dog?" I'd be asked to join different organizations. Um, I've been asked to join one particular organization six by six different people. Mm. Right? And I I, I, I decline. Yeah. Because I'm just not into the organizational. Yeah, and that's your style. But I'd be like, but I'm friends with all y'all anyway. Yeah. Right? So even when I was younger and it was gang gang, mm-hmm. right? You want to be down with gang gang? I'm a pass. But yeah. y'all my friends already. Yeah. So, I'm a, so y'all want me to jump me in mm-hmm. so I can come out and sit on the same porch with y'all every single yeah. day. If y'all ever got into an altercation, I'm helping. Yeah. If I get into an altercation, y'all helping. What exactly are we doing again? At the end of the day. If you want to, you know, we do things for the community. We do this. Mm-hmm. I do that shit myself. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't need to join your organization in order to do. Like, I'm doing this shit because I think that this particular community needs help. Yeah. I, like, I don't understand. And, and here's the thing. Those organizations... Not just speaking like Greek letter organizations, yeah, but like any of these community type organizations. And I'm saying that even talking about gangs before shit got violent when niggas were community organizations. They're looking for niggas or people who are already doing this sort of. I want people who embody the shit that we embody. So someone like yourself who already does shit in his community, who's already friends with, you know, great men. And I already do these sort of things. And I I do shit for the youth and I do giveaways and and give backs and all. Yo, that's the kind of, cause we don't want to bring in motherfuckers who got to be molded. We want to bring in motherfuckers who already think this way. So again, having this positive imagery on the show, and I just don't really understand how this could be made such a negative, especially toward the actress. It, yeah. it, it should be. It, it should really be a big up as, it like, the this is the this is the real part that's gonna to fuck you up a little bit. Okay, don't act like the reason y'all pledged them Greek fraternities wasn't because y'all saw that shit on TV, because that's where you got it from. The influence. Even when a different world was doing the fake fraternities, mm-hmm. you knew what the pink and green. You knew what the you knew what Whitley was. Mm-hmm. You knew what Ryan Johnson was, and that shit had an impact. And don't tell me it didn't, because y'all argue all the time how much of an impact it had for uh, black g- black women specifically mm-hmm. to go to HBCUs. Like, specifically, we make that argument all the time. I see articles. How impactful where, Different World was for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And that was from fake fraternities. 
Like you saw some shit on television and it made you change your life around and want to be a part of it. So the actual fraternity that or sorority, I'm sorry, that you're in mm-hmm. is pro is on television in a good light in some popular shit, which can possibly look at like, oh shit, I fuck with Issa. I fuck with I wanna mm-hmm. be one too. This shouldn't be a uh uh yo, what are you doing? You don't have permission. Shut the fuck up and bring in some new members. And I appreciate how Melina Matsuka said it. Like, yo, I'm trying to do what I've always done and represent us. That's it. It's positive representation. And she said, like, I'm trying to do it, and I'm trying to do it, like. Where are the white fraternities? Do they go through this type of shit? Or this respectfully? Is this some nigga shit? Because I ain't never seen. Now, Fam, granted, maybe I, don't, maybe I don't want. I don't know. Like, you think of a movie like Old School. For instance, we know it's I don't even know if those are real organizations or if they were just Who throwing knows? Greek letters around. But if they were real organizations, never heard about it. Never heard about backlash. Figured, again, niggas probably... Where are the white organizations? I don't never hear about them. Do I not know well, enough white people? Or so I know... Like- no, no, no. I think with most... I'm not going to say all, but with most of the white Greek organizations, it stops at college. Oh. With a lot of... The <laughs> black organizations like we here for life. Well, that's the thing. And it's pride in that. And with a lot of them. So Amanda Seals in one of her videos she was posting last night after the backlash started, she was like, no, I'm not an AKA. She was like, when I was in school, my school didn't even have an active chapter. So I couldn't be. She was like, I would love to be considered for that, but I'm not one. But I ain't had a chance to be an undergrad. I think for a lot of black Greek letter organizations, Chapters don't be on campuses. They be suspended. They ain't never been chartered. They how, ain't never. How much outside looking in? Yeah. How much is this shit the cool factor? Oh, for a lot of motherfuckers, that's all it is. Specifically at the college level. Yeah. Which is why I could tell when I was reading some of the comments on this AKA shit, a lot of these people were young. Yeah. Because like a, like I mentioned, it was young, young. Yeah, yeah. Like when I mentioned old girl who wrote, "Yo, I'm 20 years financially active, aka, and I don't care about this. Like, this isn't bothering me. I think this is a great look for our our organization, fam. Because I've been in this game, nigga. I've been in this game for years. It made me an animal, nigga. It's rules to this shit. Wrote me a manual. wrote me a manual, nigga. Like, this is not new to me. This is not step by step booklet for you to for get you to get your AKs on track, <laughs> not <laughs> your wig pushed back. <laughs> they try to push the wig, dog. And it's like, but no, I I think that for a lot of like recent college grads that's where this sort of thing might feel offensive and and not putting that all on recent college grad. Cause I saw some younger folks who I know who were like, fam, I don't care. And I know they Greek. And they was like, fam, this would not bother me. Like I seen a few of my Delta homies who was like, yeah, this wouldn't have mattered. Like if this was some Delta, like I'd be hyped. Like, Oh shit, we're on TV. Cause we hardly ever see our shit on TV. Because there are so many fucking loopholes to go through to try to get the actual letters represented. Anyway. Yo, fam, on the flip side, the motherfucking, uh, what's the show I mentioned I was watching on TV last week? Our Kind of People, Morris Chestnut and uh, Olivia Pope Daddy, on the show, are both Omegas. They Q's on the show. Morris Chestnut, I believe, is a Q in real life. Um, But on the show, they Q's. On Best Man, Morris Chestnut was a Q. They was talking shit about Kappas and all kinds of shit. They was doing all kinds of wild shit. And it's like, nobody said nothing. Shit's right there on ABC. You ain't got to pay for ABC. This channel you get. Nobody said a thing. I don't get it. I told y'all Derek was an alpha. 
had the shield all over it. Nobody just said nothing. Don't nobody care. I'm finished with all this Greek shit. Niggas just don't fucking care until somebody said they care. It's the same shit I said with Meek Mill shit. Till somebody comes out and says, all right, I have a problem with it. Nobody really says they have a problem with it. And then once one person says it, here comes the floodgates. Anyway, fast forward. Back to the show. Molly broke up with Andrew. She going through shit. She trying to figure out herself. One thing she realized and she talked to Kelly about was, yo, nigga, like, all right, when you and Tiffany had y'all falling out, how did you get that back? Tiffany, or I'm sorry, Kelly just told her, yo, be patient. Be patient. You you might have to laugh through some fucking jokes a little bit harder than you normally would. Be patient, though. It's going to come back around. Like, Ever refriended somebody? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and and not that the friendship was lost, was lost, but it got weird for a minute. And I think that's growth. Like, as you become older, we talk about, like, financially maturing. I think just maturing in general, every friend you have will be tested. Some may not make it to your, whatever your next step is in life. Some might make it, but in a very limited capacity compared to what they used to be. Some, y'all figure out a way to get through that shit. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like every time that ever happened, I just kept being the same nigga I was before. (laughs) Nigga, like, I didn't change up. I just kept doing shit. Like, I had friends who got mad I went to college. That's interesting. It's an, oh, it's a very fucking wild dynamic. And it was like, fam, how y'all mad that I'm going? And it was like, yo, I ain't even go that far. Because you left me. I was an hour away, though. Like, Like, come kick me. Yeah, but that's what it is. You left me back here. Yeah. And it's Um, like. I don't have, I don't, like. You my yeah. You just left me, yeah. and I'm, I'm I'm hurt, and that's so you making something of yourself, and I'm not to see the relationship that Kelly, Tiffany, Molly, and Issa has, and and Derek and Lawrence, if he was Kevin, in school with them, Tiffany, still don't. Ma- Kelly, Tiffany, Molly, Issa. That should be on a shirt, right? And Lawrence, you know how they always yeah. got the aunt, yeah. And Lawrence hmm. might make those and sell those real quick. And he said, if you want to sue me, come to the premiere of yeah. the finale or whatever. My lawyer's there. We'll be she there. just graduated there. from U of M Law. <laughs> and my lawyer, AK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But you um, AKs on U of Mich- University of Michigan campus? Yeah, there are. There are black are. people that go there? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm fucking with you. Shout out yeah. to my nigga Ryan, though. No, it's only like 10, but <laughs> they just split them between the D9. <laughs> like, all right, nigga, you in this, you over there. Don't care about which one you want to be. All the black people at U of M play football. Facts. <laughs> or hoop. Jawan Howard. Hey, five five. Um, but seeing the relationship with them while they back at their school is kind of interesting, right? Because none of them knew each other prior to college. That relationship, and not necessarily the college relationship, but the relationships you build in that second half of your life, or I guess that that middle third. How right? about this? This that's this is a great example. Uh, a lot of the listeners from this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, well, local listeners, Michigan State. Yeah, facts. Uh, a lot of my friends um, are from Michigan State. Yeah, I never went there. <laughs> okay, facts. Like, I never went there. My best friend did, so I I hung out there. Yeah. with him, and people thought I went there. But like, I've developed relationships. When you look at, say, you go on Facebook and be like. Who do you all have in common? Yeah. These, oh, these 50 people who went to Michigan State, you have in common with each other. Like, I didn't know y'all when y'all got there. Yeah. I met most of y'all maybe in passing uh, at a party or some shit. But after that, all this shit is afterwards. Yeah. Like, you develop, you know, strong relationships and strong 
uh, friendships with people from the same place, but it's later after that, the, the place that initially brought y'all together. So all y'all can go, that is a perfect example. Me and Dame. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've known Dame, uh, technically over 20 years. Cause we mm-hmm. went to the same high school. Yep. yep. We was at cast together. I only stayed there two years. He was a year before me. So we probably was for two years. We've seen each other in yeah, passing yeah. and shit like that. But like, we weren't like friends in yeah. high school. We had mutual friends. We knew each other. Wasn't like no whole ass nigga. No shit like that. Then we worked together. Mm-hmm. And we first started working like, Oh shit, that's my man from cast and shit. But then yeah. ultimately like years, not years later, but a friendship. Down the developed, line, yeah. but like It was always cool. But it's like, yo, now you twenty something years in, yeah, and it's like, yo, it be it. It's sometimes it's amazing when you when I look back and think about where you met somebody, yeah. Uh, shit, we met physically or technically online, yeah, facts. Because but you were friends with a bunch of my friends, and that's and it's funny because in in our and we've talked about this on the pod before, and in our friendship development, realize, nigga, we've been. 10 feet apart our whole lives, dog. Mm. Literally, from the moment my family moved from Birmingham to Detroit, we have been steps away from one another and didn't know. Low-key, we could have known each other when we was kids and didn't know and we probably, knew each other. Yo, nigga, I, I told you, my mom, as soon as I mentioned that y'all went to Spring Hill, my mom was like, oh, what's what's folks' name? Told, oh, I think I remember he used to be, his dad used to be around your Aunt Gloria. And it was that simple. And it's like, fam, nigga. Whole lives, dog. You know what I'm saying? Been so around. It's, but it's it's, it's about when those relationships get developed. And I feel like even with Molly and Issa's thing, because, yo, we met in this this middle third of our lives. Now we're entering into kind of the end of that middle third. We, we in our 30s. We kind of at that stage where life is like sort of developing and shaping itself into what it's going to look like for the rest of our shit. What I do want y'all to realize, though. Women specifically, mm-hmm. you live longer than men. Facts. You got eighty to ninety years on this motherfucker. Yeah. When you're yeah. thirty, it's only a third of your life. Yeah, yeah. Stop acting like you halfway there. Yeah, it's a yeah. third. So and that means the whole life you lived already up until thirty, you got to do that shit two, two more, more times. times. Yeah. That means you have a long time left. Stop. Stop putting yourself on this clock to prove by. 36, 37, that you have to have all these things accomplished. Fam, you're going to be here. Who's responsible for that? For putting that on women specifically? Tell it, well, the biological clock that's ticking. So, God. Uh, <laughs> 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 Other than that, but they be having a thing that they... <laughs> Eve? I don't know. Shit. Yo, <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> Fucking pit bull in a skirt. How dare you? <laughs> God damn. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Fucking pomegranate shit. It wasn't <laughs> apple, okay? Um, oh, man. But, like, they be having so many professional yeah. um, goals. Like, you can relax because it's not all. Where are you in a rush to get? So all this shit takes time. Relax. Enjoy the process. Stop and smell the roses. I say that not fully taking my own advice sometimes. Oh, facts. Because it, it, it would uh, seems like I'm always moving this or doing this. And sometimes I don't sit back and enjoy the, the process to be like, well, damn, I didn't have, we started doing a podcast in 2016. I didn't had a, a, a successful studio running since 2017. Mm-hmm. We about to be in 2022. Let me sit back and not you. Sometimes you sit back like, well, look, 
I met such and such. I met I met Mr. Porter this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't, sometimes I don't stop and smell the roses. And so I need to take my own advice. But, like, you are not in a rush. Like, relax. I think you ever seen, like, and, I mean, we see it in film. We see it in real life, too. But we see it on, you know, film and television a lot or entertainment a lot, rather, where, like, the actor or the actress is, like, mad successful in business. They've been doing this shit. They're at the top of the top. They're an executive at whatever big-ass company. And then niggas quit to go, like, open a bakery or some shit. Like, niggas quit to go fucking uh, travel the world, eat, pray, love type shit. The reason being... So many people go after the success, they forget about where their heart lies. They forget about what it is that they actually want to be doing. It's living for the future. I want to make sure that my future is secured. So for me to do that, I got to go after the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. And then it's like you finally get the money and realize you still ain't happy. And then when you realize you still ain't happy, now you got the resources to do whatever makes you happy. And you realize, yo... I don't even need this much money to do what I needed to do the whole time. Like the thing that would have fulfilled me, I can do for nine times less than all this fucking money I'd have made or all this shit that I didn't invested time into. And it's like, fam, if I would have started with my passion up front, I could have enjoyed the ride a little bit more. But a lot of times we don't even fucking look at the ride. We're looking at the results. We want to make sure, yo, we got the, what are we riding in, nigga? And, we this is have nothing to do with uh um insecure, but that's how this podcast works. Um, and it's about the conversation. But like, who are we doing that for? Yeah, it's like you want all that to to to, like, who are you proving it to? to are prove you, are you proving what? to yourself that you're successful, or are you proving to other people that you're successful? And that's because so we fell in at both. Looping into the insecure episode, and and just kind of speaking to Issa's panel. She sat up there and I, I, it was like watching the shit. I hurt for her, dog. And the reason I did, cause she, I feel like she made the most poignant fucking statement on that stage. Yes. I saying, I haven't figured it all out. I don't, she was being honest. Everybody else was saying like they already got it made and maybe they do. No, they got canned responses that look great for social media. It's Instagram. Got niggas people. got, niggas got fab verses. They got Drake verses. It was Instagram captions, nigga. But in real life, yo, I don't have it all figured out. And I don't know if you ever do have it all figured out. I don't know if that happens. But what I'm trying to tell y'all is stick to y'all fucking passion, nigga. And to your question, who are we trying to prove that we haven't figured all out to? It's wild because we think we're trying to prove it to ourselves. But if we was really trying to prove some shit to ourselves, wouldn't the focus just be on like figuring out what ourselves? we actually want to do and what would actually be fulfilling yeah. instead of what we think other people will look at and say, you made it? Because I, dog, so one thing I learned when I got sick earlier this year, dog, I never in my life thought I was going to die until I got sick. Then I worried about when you can't breathe, death feels like it's around the corner, dog. And to feel like that for eight straight weeks was really fucking concerning for me, nigga. Cause I, I bet nigga. Cause it was like, yo, dog, I breathed since I was born, nigga. And now it's innate behavior, it's innate behavior that you constantly have to think about now. And now I'm like, not only having to think about, but I'm having to react to shit like, yo, Oh shit. I'm out and about. I'm trying to get some fresh air. I don't got my asthma pump. Side note. Like nigga. I, I hate when I notice how I'm breathing. Cause yeah. now I'm thinking about breathing. Yeah. That's some shit you just Bro. do. You 
Now it's like, bro, <laughs> it's wild, dog. And like during that time, though, probably the one thing that I took from that was, yo, enjoy the moment, cause. I went into that week. I got sick thinking it was a regular fucking week and I had all the time in the world, nigga. And I'm going to do this. Oh, shit. Plans for the weekend. Nigga, I had my whole shit planned. And then it was like, bam, nigga. One day I'm not feeling good. Next day I'm feeling worse. Next day I'm feeling worse. Next, I'm in the hospital for two weeks. Then I'm on fucking bed rest for six months. Like, what, nigga? This shit got wild. Then I'm on the pod and can barely string together two sentences. I listened back to some of them pods from during that time. And I was like, dog, I sounded horrible, nigga. Because I couldn't fucking breathe, dog. And it was just like... You don't realize how much is in the now until you can't think about shit but right now, nigga. You can't mm. afford to think about the next minute, dog. Mm. And I, I feel like what Issa was telling them was so real, but the way they wrapped it up in the joint, and I feel like Insecure is brilliant in that way because it was a few things they did with Kelly, too, that they wrapped in a joke, but it was like, no, nah, this is serious, nigga, because Kelly's whole part in the episode was legacy, nigga, and what legacy did I leave y'all with? What did, what do y'all think of me? Yeah, if I'm not here no more, and like this kind, this was, this is, this is insecure, and the writing team is doing a really good job because, um, when Issa and Molly were talking, and she was like, this is after Molly. And Kelly had a conversation about, you know, you got to fake a couple labs and doing shit. Mm-hmm. So when she was having a conversation with, with Issa, like, man, I was inspired. And, like, so it may have come across as if I'm just gassing you. Yeah. Because I'm trying to be friend. But to what me and you are talking about and what she been thinking, if she could have been dead ass serious. I 100%. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. It's like, wait a minute. You were really over there. I wish I could be that open and vulnerable in front of everybody. Fam. I'm inspired because you kept that shit real. You kept it real. And you got up there and did the one thing that niggas are afraid to do these days and just be themselves, dog. Like, niggas feel like they got to put on a show. It's motherfuckers out here who, even if they were in Issa's exact spot, would have got up there and been responding the same way the mother niggas was responding on the stage. Like, yeah, no, I got my shit together. Oh, the first time I got uh, uh, this, the first time I did that. Fam, nigga, no, tell me how you really felt. Tell me about that fear you went through when the shit wasn't coming through the way you thought it was going to come through. When shit wasn't going the way you thought it was going to go. Like, keep it a buck with me, dog. Yeah. And niggas don't keep it a buck no more. And I think that's where shit gets really fucked up is people don't understand both sides of your story. Everybody's telling the highlights. Everybody's showing the fucking sports center highlights and shit. Nobody sees the rest of the game where, yo, we went on a five-minute stretch when we ain't scored, nigga. Nobody sees that I was in this motherfucker yesterday for 12 hours. Grinding. And once Grinding. I, once I finish editing a good six hours of podcast that me and you did tonight, yeah, I got to finish everything from yesterday. You know what's funny? When I was reviewing uh, or re-watching, rather, the older episodes of Insecure, when I got to um, the episode during season one, where Issa and Daniel had sex. And she got up, went to the bathroom, was smiling at first, then she regretted it, then she snuck out of the studio and left Daniel sleep on the couch. I laughed because I was like, yo, so many nights, I know you've done it. I used to do it when I lived in Atlanta, working with some of my music industry friends, where niggas just be sleeping in the studio, nigga. Daniel was knocked the fuck out on that studio. On the co- you don't even have thoughts of going home, nigga. 100%. Because I'm here all night, bro. I'm like, listen... It's late as fuck. I know I got to come in this bitch. You know what? Pull up this chair here. Turn this fucking light off. And that's it. Because ultimately what I needed, like, I need to take a two-hour nap. Yep. 
Um, so I can be energized so I can knock this shit out because I got a deadline to get this shit for. Yeah. So fuck it. We're not going home today. Yeah, dog. I'll go home in the morning. That shit is really Yeah. It's it's interesting, man. Like we we live in this world where everybody wants to just tell you how good shit is and nobody wants to actually tell you how what's diff- real. How dog. difficult it is. How difficult it is to get to exactly where... It's motherfuckers who have been through exactly what you've been through and won't tell you the negative shit. How difficult it is and how the the entrepreneurial lifestyle or this, you think, like, y'all want to be my own boss. No, nigga, you got a bunch of fucking bosses. Yeah. Everybody who fucking records in here, I owe you a product. After 48 hours, you need a fucking product. Real life. You know what I'm saying? I got to be responsive to your emails and your texts or whatever. I have a bunch of fucking bosses and yep. an actual nine-to-five boss. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a, it's not this utopian dream of I'll, I'll wake up whenever I want to. Okay. Yeah. And well, niggas will stop fucking with your business if you wake up when the fuck you want to. Yep. Oh, that shit is wild, bro. Because it's, it's a very... It's so easy nowadays to get caught up in people's highlights that you think like when you think about like all the shit that we discuss on social media all the time like um all the dark shit right like people being depressed and having mental health issues and social media i just was reading some shit uh we talked about him a few weeks ago kevin gates he was on a radio show and was like yo i had to get off social media for a while because it was actually making me depressed like you see how many people talk about social media depressing bringing them down they see all this shit and it just kind of makes them feel like they ain't doing enough Nobody ever talks about that until they've like made it through. Nobody niggas don't talk about the shit. Like what Issa did was actually really fucking brave, dog. And I I I love that they made it lighthearted and jokey and made it seem like this awkward moment. But I thought that shit was actually the dopest part of this episode, bro, because it was a very real moment, nigga. And sometimes we forget in this life to have real moments, dog. So um ultimately what happened during this visit back to school was Issa sort of getting some clarity about where she's at and where she wants to be. And I think that having these moments of clarity for her helped her figure out that what Lawrence is dealing with right now, much as she loves him, it ain't what she wants to put on her plate. She also figured that, um, because when she was talking with Molly, Molly asked her like, are we going to be okay? Mm. Because, and shout out to Molly for that vulnerability, nigga. Yeah, because like ultimately, and then they had a conversation, and she and which was twofold. She said, you know, forget everything that happened in the past. Yeah, I just want to move forward. Yep. So that was a conversation that was happening with her and Molly, as in you know, forget the differences that we had in the past. I would like to move forward with what is going on right now. Yeah, and that was also to forget everything that me and. Um, Best Buy. Why did I just fit, forget this nigga name? Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence had. I'm moving forward. So that was like a that was the double Aunt Andre. Yeah. Um, and I and that's exactly that that what made me that's what made me I wasn't surprised at the end of the episode when she say, "Oh, so you know, because I I saw it coming. Yeah. That conversation was like." Molly gave her like a little nod, a little smile when she's like, I want to move forward. But I thought that was twofold because she was taking too long to think about that shit and everything. Yeah. She like my, she even said my relationship, my, so when she said relationship, but then I seen her getting the car and kiss, um, 
Lawrence, I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Was this the relationship that you just said you don't really know about? Yeah. So I was not surprised at all when she said, nah. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I loved um, Kelly in this episode because like, we got to see Kelly. I've been through this before where I'm like the friend that everybody wants. Motherfuckers to just joke and like laugh and it's all lighthearted and good times around a nigga. And it's like you can't, you almost feel bad for like not wanting to be in that mood with niggas, dog. Now I feel like I got to fucking perform. I got to put on a show for niggas, dog. Like I literally, I remember I went on a date with a chick one time. This is back when I lived in Atlanta. And literally, we get to the to the joint, went to a little bar, and she said, "Tell me something funny, nigga." And I was like, funny "I almost how? said, bitch, funny who? Funny, funny who? Funny, <laughs> funny, funny me? Like I'm not. I look funny to you, nigga." And it's like, no, nah, because on your Facebook, and it's like, yo, I'm I'm everything you see on the internet. I'm all that in real life too. But it's like, yo, I'm a I'm a mix, and that's why it's funny. I heard somebody tell me uh, back when I was sick. It was like, yo, thank you so much for like really like telling your story and, and being vulnerable and all that online. Cause a lot of people ain't doing that. They just saying, Hey, I had COVID. I recovered. You kind of talking about how you, what you going through. And I was like, the reason that I've been trying to be a little bit more open about other shit, talk about my parents on the internet, any of that type shit. Cause it's like, yo, I need niggas to understand. It's not all jokes all day. Nigga, everything ain't all fucking, and it ain't to prove nothing. It's really to keep you niggas from expecting that when you see me, it's finna be, Yo, kings of comedy around this motherfucker, dog. Yo, it's interesting. Um, shout out to anybody who listening. This might um, impact, but like, mm-hmm. uh, because we do this pod, we have a good fucking time. You know Facts. What I'm we laugh, Facts. we joke, we get cracked, we, we get everything off. Shop Talk, we 100% is doing the same thing. So I have clients who come in, and when they come into the studio, I'm not in podcast mode, I'm in business mode. Mm I mean, hey, how you doing? Uh, y'all can come on in. Let me get the mic checks, blah, blah, blah. And people be like, I thought you would be more talkative. You know what I'm saying? And I understand it because everything yeah. that you interact with me other than in real life has been boom, boom, boom. But like, nah, I'm I, I'm in business mode. Yeah. Like, I want to get y'all in, get y'all out. I got other clients coming in. Like, I'm... I'm never mean to anybody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm always going to be cordial and everything like that. But like, nah, I'm, I'm, I don't have jokes today. Cause I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the Real goal, shit. I'm at work. The goal ain't to, 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 to say some funny shit. Not that we in here like trying to say funny shit, but like, no, I'm at work. Yeah. So like we can, I don't want to perform. Not that this is a performance, but you know what I'm saying? Like, let me, let me, I want to beat you. I want you. And I'm a don't make me feel bad about that. I I seen somebody tweet today. I'm an introvert with an extrovert job. Mm. And literally in my actual job, I'm forced to talk and and be cordial and and be nice. Like yo, that's that's a a lot of times I don't want to talk. Yeah, I I share you this with you too. My mom told me she didn't think I liked her. Mm. Cause sometimes I don't want to fucking talk. Yeah, like literally, I got get in the car. This was when we was I was a little younger. I would get in the car, and she would ask a question or some. I'm in the, I'm in the passenger seat, and I wasn't like ignoring her on purpose, but like I would hear it, and that shit just wouldn't yeah. process. And and it was she had said me that shit. I was like, what? I'm like, no. Nah. But then I found myself doing that to other people. You get it, and 
uh, it's not received well all the time. And it's not like on purpose. Sometimes you get into a mood where you don't want, I don't want to talk to nobody. So like I go through, I go through real and it, it kind of increased post me getting sick, but I go through similar stages of just like, damn, I don't want no noise around. Like if I'm listening to music, listen to a podcast, watching TV, watching a movie, that's one thing. I don't want to engage in conversation with anyone, like, directly. I tell my mom and I tell my girl this all the time, I don't like people. People like me, I don't really like a lot of people. I have a, <laughs> I have a handful of fucking people who I rock with. But when I say it, it don't mean, like, yo, I hate motherfuckers. It's just I'm not as extroverted as as it might come across. Like, I, I really am more to myself. And it's something that I think... Like, I remember to to the point you just made about your mom. I remember my mom asking me this one, but a couple years ago, do I think she was a good mother? Mm. And I was deeply upset by that question. So I'm like, fam, you have no fucking clue how much that question is absurd to me. Because absolutely. But then it makes you think, damn, have I not been vocal about that? Have Or vocal enough? Have I not expressed that? That's how that's how I that's how I took your mothering. Like I thought you were great, but it makes you think. Like, damn, am I giving off the wrong fucking vibe because I'm so to myself and I'm so quiet and I would rather not. So that's what. Um, so everybody loves to say that yo communication is the answer. Communication, mm-hmm. communication, communication. Well, both people are communicating. Facts. Sometimes there are two different communication styles. Mm-hmm. Some like so like in an Issa and Molly type of situation. Molly can 100% feel that Issa doesn't appreciate her friendship. Fam. And Issa can feel that Molly doesn't. And yeah. both of them. Because what I would do think for you. Both of them are the greatest friends. Yeah. But the way that I commute, the way that I express that is different. It doesn't mean it's deficient. It's you, different. So you, when, I, when I say something, I think that I'm showing you mm-hmm. this means that I'm, I'm involved. I'm in this. Mm-hmm. I'm that. And you may take it as something else. And it's like, well, shit. And what 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 Molly's willing to do for Issa and vice versa, they don't feel like the other person is willing to do. But the reason they feel like that is because that might not be the other person's love language. I tell motherfuckers all the time, you can't love a motherfucker in your love language. You have to learn theirs and figure out how to love them in theirs. Stop. And sometimes it don't even got nothing to do with love. It's like the way that a, a person, like I might be like, yo, man, my nigga. Mm-hmm. That may be the only thing. And somebody be like, no, I need him more than my nigga. Hey. I need you to say, you did this, you did this, you did great, you did great, you did great. But, like, to this person, the fr- like, I say this all the time, jokingly, yeah. but dead-ass serious, when it's time for me to get married, you know that Mary J. Blige and Met the Man. You're all I need. Yeah. yeah. You my nigga. Yeah. If I tell, for real. When I tell you my wife, like, yo, you my nigga, for, that means something different. Yeah. Now, to you. It could be like, yo, that's disrespectful. No, that don't mean nothing. I want this long ass speech, you know. But to me, in the way that that you my nigga for real, what it means to me mm-hmm. is different. So it's not about communication because both people are communicating. You can never feel how another person feel. Yeah, I can try to explain it to you so you have a better understanding, but you don't know what that means when I say my nigga. Yeah, me and Jay when we text throughout the week. I'd say a good majority of those texts 
might be a video, might be a meme, might be a screenshot, something involved, but the text that we send. One or two words. One or two words. Dog. <laughs> and I know immediately what that means because it's the way we communicate. It's the way a lot of motherfuckers in Detroit communicate. But if you're not from here and you don't speak the language we speak here, that might not say enough to you. It's the same way where with two black people, because I can say my nigga. Mm-hmm. It means something different yeah. between um, a like or a shared experience. Mm-hmm. And someone outside of that that shame, that experience can say it, and it means something totally different. Yeah, so yeah. We, I can have conversations with some people where it's no effort. I don't have to to to, to express things in detail yeah. because you know, I guess, the way that they communicate or whatever. Um, and some people you very specific with. And I like even on on the show, like after Molly had that conversation with Kelly when they meet up later after the uh, the panel or whatever, and Tiffany says, yo, Molly, I'm about to go to the sorority event. You come in, and Molly thought about it. She looked at Kelly, looked at Issa, and was like, no, nah, I think I want to do something more chill. Like, Issa, you want to go grab a little drink or something on the low? A little low-key shit? And Issa's like, hell yeah. Because, yo, I'm trying to figure out how to ease my way back and patiently redevelop our friendship and I don't want to take a moment away from that that I could be spending doing just that to go do some sorority shit with Tiffany that I don't really have to be at. Like, I can kind of focus on what's most important to me at the time. And here's a moment of vulnerability. And from Molly, that one moment, you saw Issa, whole face lit up. Because it was like, yo, this is something that means something to not just me, but to her too, dog. And if I ain't do that, she wouldn't understand how much this meant to me to spend some time with her, man. I thought the conversation with Kelly inside of the car when she when everybody thought that she was dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people saying like, yo, all I remember is she was allergic to kale. Mm. And they like, well, you are allergic you to are. kale. You are. But what do you want to be what do you want your actual legacy to be? Have you um class clowned your way through fucking life mm-hmm. and think and thinking that everybody's gonna know and you you actually never expressed, you never actually got a chance to show wh- what is your actual legacy. So it's what was the what was the tagline from Queen and Slim? Like I feel like wasn't that about like I want to be seen uh, legacy. It oh, was um, you are my legacy. Yeah, it was some sh- and it's like yo, I think until you sort of have a moment like Kelly had, as long as my my girl remember me fondly. Uh, some shit like that. Like the moment Kelly had made a reflect on that legacy. And it was when she realized, Oh shit, I haven't been as impactful to everyone as I thought. I was thinking that I, you know, was this great person done this great shit. And I went to this great school and I have these great friends and I've done all this, but then the moment, and we don't know how or why they thought she died, but when motherfuckers thought she died, she started to realize that nobody had anything meaningful. Don't about y'all niggas don't care about me. I'm I'm fucking the I am entertainment. Even you walked up to me and, and wanted to know if I can still raise my foot above my head. Fam, even Issa, hey, Kelly gonna be Kelly, laughs. And it was like fucking uh the one comment, yo, she did the best stanky leg. Like shit, like it's like, fam. None of this matters. None of this is none meaningful. None of it's substantive. It's not substantive at all, and it it felt in her mind like, oh shit, 
now I have to reflect on what I'm really doing out here because it can't be this. Yeah, can't be this. So even I, I love the moment, even though it was kind of dark toward the end of the episode where they were in the diner. And they was just sort of reflecting as if she had actually died and what they really thought about. Because these are your real friends. So they know a little bit more about you than whoever wrote the college reunion newsletter or whatever. But she didn't even know that her real friends felt this way about her because... Everything can't be one-liners, my nigga. Man, man. And I, I thought she did what a great you, job expressing that. What do you care about? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be known as? Like, yo, when you're not in the room... How would you like the room to to speak about you? How would you like them to think about you? How would you like them to reflect on you, dog? And and I feel like for the first time in her character's existence, she's finally given some thought to that. And that's important because... Other than when, like, Tiffany chose somebody else above her. Remember, she was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, for the uh, baby shower yeah, shit. It's yeah. only been a couple of moments where yeah. she's, she's broke her, quote-unquote laughing joking character and was in show she actual vulnerability yeah. yeah and um that shit matters dog and i think vulnerability was shown with with all of them. i mean we ain't see much with tiffany and Derek, but kelly Issa, molly this was a real dope moment for the three of them um speed shit along they ran into the cheyenne chick who used to go there she was the wild chick who dropped out of stanford to go dance with sierra they thought they had a friend. They was reliving it up. She was like the chick from the hood who twerked and popped and was live. Her and Molly had a little rap group and all types of shit. And then they went to the club one night and old girl fucking robbed them. Set them up to get robbed. Had a nigga come around the corner. I cried when she told Molly, give me them shoes. And Issa tried to give hers up. Like, no, she said, no, nah, Issa, you can keep those. And then when Issa said, I don't know why she ain't take my shoe. Dog, real tears, nigga. That shit was funny. Um... I loved... Uh, you don't know these niggas. So, to the point we made about Derek and Tiffany and, and Prentice saying, yo, that baby is Derek's, why would y'all think it's not? Here's another reason why I think that might really be a focal point. They showed more of Derek and Tiffany and that baby this episode than they have ever, nigga. <laughs> like, and him trying to prove his love. Yeah, no. I, I Y'all remember first date I wrote our shit on a tree and... Then he went and carved it into a new tree and all that. Yeah, dog, I think we're going to see a little bit more um, about, even if it's not about the baby. It's going to be some more with Derek and Tiffany that we see this season. Um, Real quick, Lawrence. So he gets dumped at the end of the episode. One, do you think that lasts? This is final season, so if it lasts, they done, they done forever. No, I've seen the lead up. He's going to be back in the show. I mean, yeah, yeah, we know he'll be back. I think it's another new love interest. And that's not Nate, because Nate's in it too. Uh, Kofi, nigga. That nigga from uh, the shit we just watched on Netflix about the artist. Yeah, so. Uh, he looked like he might be something. Nate is also back. Um, I don't know that Lawrence and Issa end up together. But honestly, how they just abruptly sort of ended this episode, even if you felt like it was coming, how they did it so like, this, it felt real. Like, when she told that nigga, I, I just can't, it felt like, oh, shit. I mean, sometimes, like, in situations, like, I can I can argue and fight for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if ultimately we're going to end up at the same place, I'll just, I just, I just fall back because the only thing that's going to end up happening is it's going to save some heartache. Yeah. Because... It'll just end up saving some heartache. And I, I mean, if you care about that person, don't give them the heartache. Yeah. 
I um I think I'm interested to see, okay, so if they don't Issa's done, she don't want to do this, that's fine. That's her decision. I totally understand it. That's a lot to deal with, especially at the point in life that she's at where it's like, yo, I'm really trying to figure out me and like what I'm doing. I, I can't take on the extra shit like you and a fucking baby. She don't want to deal with that. That's cool. But now I'm interested to see if Lawrence actually fights for Issa or if he leans into this Condola shit because Condola's still pregnant. A lot of niggas give it another shot. What Eminem say, if I get caught cheating, then I'm stuck with you. Once option number one is off the table, option, option number, two number two looks like, oh, shit. What have I been missing? And and here's the thing. He really liked Kendall. She ain't want to be with him. Yeah, He wanted to be with her. And the reason that they kept fucking even post-breakup was because he wanted to be with her. Yo, if I, if I really didn't want to fuck with you, I wouldn't have kept fucking you. Yeah. But, but don't come back. No, no, no. I, I hope he don't go. But it's also, yo, she pregnant. She could probably use. I would be so fucked. See, I would be so fucked up if the woman that I wanted. Didn't want you. Don't want me. Then you get pregnant and now we And together. now you want me. I'm never going to think you mine. <sighs> like, because now I feel like you settle for me. So it Don't does, settle for me. But I wonder how with Lawrence. Okay, I wanted you. You didn't want me. Now you pregnant, but I didn't want you because I wanted to be back with my old lady, but now my old lady don't want me because you pregnant. I wonder how much all the elements are going to cloud his, yo, is she settling for me? Am I settling for her or am I just going with the flow? <laughs> like It's wild, man. Um, I also want to see, I don't know if he's on this season. I think he is. I feel like I saw him, but I could be wrong. I want to see if... Uh, if Andrew is back, I don't necessarily need him and Molly to get together. But what I don't want is Molly to start fucking with another new nigga. Like how they was trying to put that dude from college who she used to get some hair to. Apparently, I don't want that. I want her to either figure shit out with Andrew because Andrew was challenging her. That's why I liked him. He wasn't just letting her be Molly as Molly. That nigga was actually forcing her to be like a better person who was more considerate and thought about others. She resisted that. And that's why they broke up. I want to see if she actually starts, like, taking them lessons, applying them, and then maybe gets back with Dog. I don't know. Um, but I would. I liked his character. I want to see him back. I hope we see more of Kelly. She was the first person of the main group to, like, stop recording. Like, when they was doing all them sad goodbyes and shit on Instagram, Kelly was out of there before everybody else. So I hope she on here enough. Uh, as mentioned on last week, I just walked past a massive billboard. Come on, my nigga. Hey. That's a little different, ain't it? Hey. That's different. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's also Meek Mill and that artist. You know what? We're not going to do that on this episode. But, hey, Rob, we just saw that post about uh, Times Square, man. I appreciate you for posting that because that's real. Um, I want to see if Kelly does more, man. I want to see if we get a lot more out of uh, Tiffany and Derek. Yo, I think our dude is back. Uh, Lawrence Homeboy, Light Skin Dog. Yeah. I think he back this season. We ain't see, I don't Chad. think we saw Chad. Yeah, I don't think we got any Chad last season. Did he die too? Nah. Did he, he fake die? Nah, oh. nah. He just on a, another show on CBS. No, I think somebody post something about like. Nah. Let me look. Well, he might, if he died during the season, that's something. But I don't think I'm he's talking fake. I'm about like through the, through the, I'm like, because I didn't through the, notice Through the it. Instaverse? Yeah, no, <laughs> through the, through the catalog when everybody, when they showed that uh, Kelly oh. died. Oh. 
No, I ain't seen nothing about Chad. Well, I don't recall nothing about Chad. Let me not. Yeah, I don't think I've seen nothing about Chad, dog. Oh, it's gone. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm very I'm very curious to see what goes into the next nine episodes, man. Um, I'm excited about this season. I I can appreciate that it didn't immediately come out focusing solely on East and Lawrence's relationship. It kind of reestablished the relationships that we loved about Molly and and Tiffany and Kelly. And I'm like at the core of that shit. That's what's most important, man. So final thoughts on the insecure joint, bro. And I, um, in retrospect, and talking about it, um, I think it was a lot more impactful than I felt just watching it. Um, as we actually broke, and most most times with this with this pod, I mean, yeah. that's what it's for. Um, to break it down and, and to expound on the subtleties that you don't grasp in 28. 25 yeah. minutes or whatnot. So I, I enjoyed the episode. Feel I still felt like it was over quickly. Um, but it is what it is. I can't was they all been the same length, Paul. So Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm with you just sitting here discussing this shit. We got way more out of that episode than I initially thought we would. Um, but that's what Insecure's always done a really great job at is presenting real life scenarios and real life conversations. And allowing niggas to expound, dog. Like, we just went real think piece on this episode, dog. But um, I can appreciate it, man. I'm I'm loving what they're doing over there. I hope this shit continues to go in that direction, man. Uh, Issa, fuck whoever got something to say about that AKA shit. Amanda, fuck all that shit. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Like, I loved Issa's response to one of them. She was like, oh, shit, we got another episode uh, that we got to delete. Cause they on some sorority shit. So hold on, nigga. Nah, elite. Issa, don't delete shit, man. This shit is beautiful. It's beautiful work. Y'all five seasons of fucking insecure is literally the culture, dog. Um, also, uh, what's that? Uh, rest in peace, Emmanuel Stewart. It's been uh, nine years since he passed away on today. Today, okay. Rest in peace, Emmanuel Stewart, man. Legend. Um, yeah, dog. Great fucking premiere. Can't wait to see more. Uh, look out for information as we lead up to the finale about our finale. Yo, we gonna put together some shit. I'm like, I'm nah, Issa. Y'all, y'all gonna remember us? God damn it! You ain't going five seasons and us doing all these amazing pods, and y'all just think that we just two niggas up here podding in Detroit, nigga. No, we about to do some shit for this finale. We will be on something, nigga. Somebody gonna call us and be involved. Issa, we flying you out, dog. Uh, till next week, man. Two more of them joints coming. BMF, insecure. Y'all know the vibes. Follow us at This Week in Culture on all the socials. Hit us at This Week in Culture Pod at gmail dot com. Let us know what y'all thought about the episode, the premiere episode of Insecure. Let us know what y'all thought about the pod. Until we see y'all again, episode one eighty nine. I'm Ant. That's Jay. We out.